0: We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Paul said, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Now, I heard a fellow on radio. He said, now, Paul was talking about spiritual things there. Now, you know, a little boy with just any common sense at all, you could read that to him and he'd know better than that if he read the whole chapter. Two whole chapters there, Paul is talking about nothing but finances, money. He talked about taking up the offering before he comes so they wouldn't have to gather it. And he went on to say, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus, though he was rich, According to God's standards, he just poverty-stricken when he came to the earth. But he gave it up so that you might have abundance, you see. He suffered the curse of poverty that you might have abundance. And the very thing that that scripture says there in Second Corinthians 8 and 9 is what people oppose with their religious ideas. That, well, now, it's not God's will for you to have abundance. It may not be God's will. Well, then Jesus ought not have been made poor so that I could be made rich. Now, the word rich there, don't get offended at the word of God. Study now. It, it means abundance. It doesn't mean everybody will have a million dollars. God wants you to have abundance. Now, see, the poverty syndrome got into Christianity through Eastern religions. It got slipped into that. It was injected into it. But you studied the Bible about it. And Jesus suffered the curse of the law. The full curse was poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Jesus had to suffer the full curse of that law. He suffered spiritual death for us. He suffered poverty for us. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't do it because it wasn't God's will for him to have abundance. You know, you hear people talk about, well, Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head, and he had nothing on this earth, so you ought to be that way. He's our example. But they missed the whole point. The reason he was poor is so we could have abundance. Abundance. Read John 10.10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I am come, that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, can you have life more abundantly when you can pay your bills or when you can't pay them? You see, if you study those two chapters, you'll find out that what he was actually saying was that Jesus bore our poverty so we wouldn't have to. You're not bound to that thing. It was a curse of the law, but thank God we're redeemed from it. You yes. might say, well, now, you think it's wrong to be poor? No, no. But it's wrong to believe that God wants you poor. I mean, you know, if you study the Bible, and I know they can come up with all kinds of things. You ought to be content with such things as you have. What Paul said, well, now, let me ask you, if that's true then, why should anyone want to get saved? Why would they want to get filled with the Holy Ghost if you're going to be content with such things as you have? See, when people take things out of context and get it over into area where it doesn't belong, you get your mind squirreled up. Rightly divide the word of truth. See, Paul's one that says that Jesus suffered poverty that you might be made rich. Now the reason I dwell on that quite a bit is because that I find a lot of people in religious circles have been taught that it's wrong to have abundance. No, Jesus wants you to have abundant life. And you see, if you believe that way and you think that way, you're going to act in a way that you will always suffer lack. Because what you believe, you speak. What you speak, you sow. And you end up acting it out in everyday life. Now, back here to Romans, the fourth chapter. He said, I've made you the father of many nations. Abram was 75 years old when God first talked to him about this. In the twelfth chapter of Genesis. He said, I'll make nations out of you. You'll be a blessing to all nations. Kings and nations will come out of you. Well, 24 years went by. And it didn't come to pass. Some of you think you've been hanging in there a long time. 24 years went by. 17th chapter of Genesis, God appeared to him again and said, I am almighty God. And I have made you the father of many nations. Then he said, now, Abram, your name will no longer be called Abram, but Abraham. Now, what God did, he instigated his principle there. He taught. You remember we talked this morning about the God preached the gospel first to Abraham? He taught him how to operate in faith. He changed his name so he'd have to tell everybody he was the father of nations. I mean, by his very name. See, people knew what names meant in that day. Today, we don't know. You know, (laughs) most people don't have any idea. But in those days, they named people because it meant something. So when he said, I am Abraham, they knew he said, I am the father of nations, or a multitude. And they knew he didn't have the child. What was God doing? He was directing Abraham toward the unseen. See, the unseen is the eternal realm. So when he began to say, now take note of this. For 24 years, everything Abram tried to bring that to pass, he and Sarah also just didn't work the way God intended for it to. Then, when he started saying what God said about him. See, he says, when there was no hope, Abraham believed in hope. Now see, there may be some of you that the doctors told you there's no hope for you medically. Well, go to the Word of God and get you some hope. See, there was no natural hope for Abraham. But he made a decision to believe in hope when there was no natural hope. He believed in supernatural hope. He went to the eternal realm. You don't have to die young. You can get you some eternal hope from the Word of God. Now, when he started saying what God said about him, in less than a year, the child was born. Isn't that amazing? He called things that were not as though they were, until they were. God taught him how to do that. Now, you see, we've taught along this line, but sometimes it's hard for people to grasp this. But if you'll bring it down into everyday experience and everyday life, you can understand it better. I've had people write me and say, well, now, Brother Caps, i just tell you about this. I don't believe in calling things that are not. I don't believe in confessing something that's not already happened. You're just lying if you say it that way. Well, now, you just follow that individual and see how he believes. The only time he believes that way is in church. That's the only time he thinks that way. When he goes home, he'll walk outside to feed his dog, and he'll stand right there on the back porch, and the dog is nowhere to be seen, and he'll stand there and say, Here, Pooch! Here, Pooch! And I say, I thought you didn't believe in calling things that are not. (laughs) The dog is not here, and he is calling the dog. Not only that, he's saying, Here. And he is not here, he is yonder. Now, if he stands out there and calls the dog, doesn't think a thing about it. If he really believed what he says he believed. See, if he believed on Monday morning like he believed in church on Sunday, he'd sit down out there on the porch and he'd say, The dog is not here. The dog is gone. Oh, dear God, I wish the dog was here, but the dog's not here. The dog's gone. The dog's gone. Oh, I wish the dog was here. His neighbor would come over and say, What are you doing? Well, I'm wanting to feed the dog, but the dog is gone. His neighbor says, Uh, Have you tried calling the dog? No, you must be one of those faith fanatics. You can't call things that are not. You've got to call it like it is, and the dog is gone. (laughs) But you know and I know that he doesn't do that. See, if you went by that way, the people say, well, you've got to say it like it is. Well, what if you go out there and the cat's there and you want the dog? (laughs) He sat down and started calling the cats. Then all the cats in the neighborhood come. His neighbor comes over and says, what are you doing with all these cats? I don't know. I'm wanting to feed the dog. (laughs) Well, why are you calling the cats? Well, you see, I believe in saying it like it is. And when the cats are here, you've got to call the cats. You can't call the dog when the cats are here. You've got to say it like it is. And the cats are here, man. (laughs) Now, laugh, but let me show you something. Somebody said, well, I tell you, every time we save any money, all our kids come down sick. And we have to spend every dime on Dr. Bill. We always come up short at the end of the month. Hey, man, the cats are there. Quit calling them. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. See, we've been conned by the devil into saying what he is and establishing into us what we have now. Now, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. 23, he said, he shall have whatsoever he saith." Now, there's a lot more that goes with that. But, you see, the Lord said this to me in 1973. I've never forgotten it. He said, I've told my people they can have what they say. If they believe, doubt not in their hearts." See, so you've got to qualify that. But he said, the problem is my people are saying what they have. When you say what you have, you have what you say, because you have what you say when you say what you have. Amen, you're in a rut. It don't take you long to figure that out. If you're going to have what you say and you're always saying what you have, you're not going anywhere fast. How in the world would you ever break out of that? You're going to have to say something you don't have. Now that's what God was teaching Abraham to do. Call the thing that's not here, see. You've got to concentrate on the unseen realm. You don't do it with your carnal mind. This mind is a goal setter. I mean, your head's a goal setter. You speak it and it establishes it in your spirit, in your heart. It won't work in your head. There's a lot of people tried that. Well, they just say it and say it. Well, I said it 300 times. It didn't come to pass. Well, all they had is a formula. They didn't have the principle. Jesus said, As you've believed, so shall it be. And faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. It did not say that faith cometh by reading. It said faith cometh by hearing. And to hear it has to be spoken. And Paul brings it into the right perspective when he says, The word is nigh you. The promise of God is as close to you as getting it in your mouth and in your
1: heart. Thank you for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Our offer this week is CD offer number 7246. It's two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. It's entitled The Law of Faith. Now, when we talk about the law of faith in Romans, the 10th chapter, the Apostle Paul deals with this. He says, for Christ is an end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. But Moses describeth the righteousness which is the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. And what does it say? You move down to verse 8 where he says, What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. First, the word of God is in your mouth, then it's in your heart. Then he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, salvation means deliverance, preservation, healing, and soundness, total prosperity. And it says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. In other words, the word is nigh you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. In chapter ten and verse seventeen the apostle Paul states, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear the Word of God, the more you have faith in the Word of God, and you find that there is a law that what you speak and proclaim you begin to believe, and what you say you can have if you believe and doubt not in your heart. Jesus tells us this in Mark eleven twenty three he says, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe what he is saying will come to pass, he shall have. What's he going to have? He'll have whatsoever he saith. He didn't say he'd have what he prayed. It didn't say he'd have what he feared. He says, he'll have whatsoever he saith, if he believe and doubt not in his heart. So we must believe and not doubt in our heart. That's offer number 7246, two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling. Total of $19. We have a toll free order line 1 877 396 9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon.
0: To order the product offered today, call 1 877 396 9400 or write Charles Capps.